Welcome to Run 12-1 Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Justin Gowen. Well, this is Pastor Justin again with Run 12-1 Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're going to continue our study in the book of Acts together. Uh, we've been navigating each chapter a couple times, pausing to look at some um, important uh, doctrines, important lessons, applications, so on and so forth. But remember what the podcast is standing for, Run 12 Run. The name is derived from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, where we read about uh, the author of Hebrews telling us, because of all the doctrine, because of all the uh, uh, Faith Hall of Fame, chapter 11 and chapter 10, all the way back to chapter 1, about how, how Jesus is the better everything. That was his focus. Jesus is the better everything. And then chapter 11, how those uh, Faith Hall of Fame members understood their linking in with Christ and their faith in Christ. And then verse 1 of chapter 12, he, he tells us to run with patience, the race that is set before us, looking unto the author and finisher of our faith, uh, which is Jesus. And so um, this podcast, Run 12.1, is derived from Hebrews 12.1 and 2, where we are each, you and I, are we are in a, in a global race, so to speak, in the spiritual Christian realm. But then each one of us has a certain race that God has placed us in. And run, Christian, run that race with patience, endurance. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And so we we look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who ran his race with the joy that was set before him. And so that's what the podcast is kind of stay, set up for. So, you know, segments of 20 minutes or less, 13, 12, 12 minutes to, 12, uh, to 20 minutes, depending on whenever I get finished. <laughs> but um, just so you can use, if it's gym time, if it's running, if it's mowing the grass, whatever the case is. This week, Acts chapter number five, verses one through 11. And here's the question I want to ask men. What are you leading your wife and family into? Let me say that again, men. What are you leading your wife and family into? Now, uh, men, you may not have a family and you may be sitting, well, I'm not a man here, so I'm going to skip this podcast. Well, no, don't. So let's just say, um, woman, you may not be a wife. Well, what are you leading your life into? Just your life currently. And men, if you don't have a wife or kids, what, what are you leading towards? And if you do, if you are married together, but you don't have kids yet, well, then men, what are you leading your wife into? Wives, how how are you leading in the aspect of humility and submission? What, what are you leading into? But really, I do want to focus primarily, and this is a lesson for everybody, but I do want to hone in on to the correct context of the text of Acts chapter 5, 1 through 11, and really say, men, what are you leading your wife and family into? Why am I saying this? Well, because chapter 5 of Acts is about Ananias and Sapphira, a husband and wife duo that um, we don't know if they were Christians or not. They seem to be active with the church, what the church was doing in Acts 2, 3, and 4, selling of their stuff, coming together collectively, and uh, using whatever they have for the glory of God and for the upbringing of the, and the functionality of the church. Well, in verse 1, we read about, but a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. 
Now, uh, we further look back and understand that this possession was a part of their land when we start to look at the rest of the story. And so you have this man and this woman who sell off a portion of their land. And then they take a portion of that tithe or a portion of that fund and they give it to the church. Not bad. Not bad whatsoever. But let's keep reading. And kept back, uh uh-oh, uh-oh, kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, meaning she understood and she was made aware of it by him and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why have Satan filled thine heart to keep to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? That's how we know it was land, by the way. Verse three. Whilst it remaineth, was it not thy own? And after it sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied in the men, but in the God. Here's a quick side note. And it's, I don't really want to mean it by quick, but if you notice in verse number three, it says that you lied to the Holy Ghost. And then in verse four, it says you lied in the God. So it's better clarity to understand that the Holy Ghost is God. There's other scriptures that teach the Holy Ghost being God, but this is one of them. It's in a pretty um, remarkable story that's very hard to forget about a husband and wife dying because they gave, literally being killed by God because they lied about the tithe or the offering that they were giving. And in this section of scripture, we see that first Peter said, you lied to the Holy Ghost. And without second thought, he also mentions that you're lying to God. And so he's, a, he's, he's co-equaling the Holy Ghost to God, meaning, well, we know why, because the Holy Ghost is the third person of the Trinity. So don't miss that in this section. That's a big doctrine. The doctrine of the Holy Spirit is part of it is seen in this section, in this, in this scripture. And then it says that, um, in verse number five, and Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, and great fear came on all them that heard these things. And the young men arose, wound him up, and carried him out and buried him. And it was about a space of three hours. So three hours later, when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. So she's not aware what happened to her husband yet, but she's coming in. And Peter answered unto her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yea, for such much, for so much. Then Peter said unto her, how is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Behold." The feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door and shall carry thee out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. And the young men came in and found her dead and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. Of course, sin was put in proper perspective. People don't understand this. Sin, no matter what it is, a lie thieving, stealing, a, uh, murder, whatever the case, sin is a direct offense to God and is worthy of death. And like, oh, well, you know, some people may read that. Wow. I mean, really? Like, like God, seriously, couldn't you have just gave him a break a little bit? I mean, they gave some, something still. That is our human mind of sin trying to look at God with a little bit of character of humanity to be like, well, oh, bro, shouldn't you kept a bit of, may have been a little bit easier on your sentence on them? No, no, God is perfect. Holy, 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 the thrice holy God, sinless, and no sin can, can, can cohabitate with him. Sin is worthy of death. And 
And God wanted to show this right up front, and rightfully so, and rightfully as well, that the church was afraid. Like, whoa, we need to, we, we, we need to, we need to fear God. We, we we need to be careful what we do. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But here's where the comment comes, men. What are you leading your wife and your family into? Notice where this began. It began with Ananias leading his wife into sin. Now, I wrote this down. Not giving, and I'll touch on this later on. I'm, I actually, in this section, I'm going to do two podcasts on this section because it's there's just a lot in here. But number one, the sin of not giving everything or not giving all of what they sold, that wasn't a sin. What was a sin was, say for instance, they sold the land for $10,000. Instead of giving, let's say they did give a tenth and they gave a thousand. Let's say, let's say that instead of saying they sold it for ten, they said they sold it for eight. Oh no, no, we sold it for eight, and they gave off to eight thousand. That is what the sin was. It wasn't that they gave little; it was because they lied on what was actually sold. That's where it was at, and Peter made this clear to them. And so. This is comparable, I think. I wrote down as well to kind of compare this to um, the beginning of time, the beginning of humanity. When the woman took of the fruit and ate, it wasn't until the man, until Adam, followed his wife into disobedience, was did sin enter into. I don't know what, what, what would have happened with Eve. Eve may have been excommunicated out of the garden. God may have killed her and made another wife. I have no idea. There's all kind of sanctified imaginations of what God may or may not have done. I have no idea because it, we, we, we weren't, it didn't happen. Plain, plain and simple. I don't know what, what God would have done. But I do know that in this was also the picture of the gospel, of how the man left God to be with his bride, to be with his wife. But ultimately, though, it's this picture of the man leading in a direction to the demise of the family or demise of the relationship with the husband and wife. And here we see Ananias and Sapphira doing it as well. So men, I want to ask you, what are you leading your wife into? Well, do you have, what, what is our rubric? What is our measurement? What, are we, what, what do we have to compare it to? Well, um, Ephesians chapter five, I think is very applicable to this. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21 all the way to verse 33, we learn about husbands and wives, of how we are to love and submit each other to one another, but also he compares it, Paul compares it to God. And when he gets here, he says, husbands, in verse 25, he says, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So he's saying, husbands, you're going to love your wife. And the comparison is how Jesus loves the church. And that's a tall drink of water right there. But then he doesn't stop. He goes on. That he might sanctify it and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord of the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this call shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall be joined to his wife, and they two shall be one flesh. And so this is where we get to see that section of Scripture where there is a comparison happening. And ultimately, what am I getting at? Is that, what is our rubric? What are we measuring to? Well, God 
and Jesus Christ loved his bride, loved us, that he didn't lead us into sin. In fact, he led us away from sin. He became the sacrifice to lead us to God. And so Ananias, when we look back at Acts chapter number five, was not leading his wife to God. In fact, he was leading his wife straight to lying, straight to Satan, so to speak. I mean, that, that, that's, that's what he said here. Why is, why is Satan, in verse 3, but Peter said unto Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? And he said the same thing to the wife as well. And so when we sit back and we look at this, men, we have a big responsibility to be where we're, where, where we're taking our families, where we're taking our wives. What direction? Seriously, though, stop and pause. And if you're woman, man, husband, wife, kid, teenager, whatever the case is, stop and ask yourself, what, whatever this period of time has yourself in, a widow, widower, stop and ask this question. Where am I heading? Or to whom am I heading? What is the answer to that question? Are you truly being led to God? Are, is your life heading in that direction? If you are a husband, are you, are you paving a way to the, to the cross of Jesus, to the resurrection of Jesus, to the gospel of Jesus with your wife and with your family? If you're a young man, young lady, older lady, older man, teenager, whatever the case is, is your life running towards Jesus? Or are you doing things such as Ananias and Sapphira? It's a serious, serious, serious offense to lie. Now, is this sin worthy of death? Well, for the wages of sin is death. I think Paul's pretty clear. For the wages of sin is death. The payment of sin is death. That I mean, think about the biting of a fruit. We don't know what the fruit was, but think about the that simple disobedience, as we would say. Simple disobedience. I mean, I mean, all they did was just eat of the fruit. And God kicked them out of the garden and, and sin infused to them, to all humanity, and the demise of the world started just because a small bite of a piece of fruit. Friend, that is because. That is how serious sin is against a holy and righteous, perfect God. And we need to do our due diligence in making sure that we don't dumb down sin or dumb down God to a human view. When, when we do that, I'm telling you, you're, you're going to have Ananias syndrome. And not just with money. It's going to be everywhere over your life. You're going to be leading your family in the wrong direction. Make sure that we are staying true, staying focused on where we're leading our families. This is Pastor Justin Goins with Run 12-1 Podcast. God bless. Thanks for taking the time to listen to Run 12-1 Podcast. Run your marathon race that God has placed you in. God bless. <music>